Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I've got a special guest, uh, Matt Glenesk, uh, has joined me today. Uh, my boss on the uh, on the beat at the you Indy Star. Say, you, you always say your boss. That makes me feel feel bad. Makes you feel bad? You shouldn't. Yeah. Feel, shouldn't feel bad. I know. It just makes me feel like uh, you know you're you know you're reminding everyone that I'm your superior. Now you don't need to do that. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I need I need a boss. I need somebody to. To guide the ship? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'll keep you on course. Am I allowed to say preps? Isn't that like a dirty word? Are we, we're going to lose our... a dirty word now, yeah. Because gonna... uh, no one knows what preps is, except for people who follow preps. Damn. So you got you to gotta broaden it to high school. we got to be SEO friendly here. It's got to be high school sports. Well, we don't want to lose our corporate sponsorship on this on this high school sports podcast, so... Uh, I'll, definitely uh, do not. Yeah, I... definitely do not want to lose that corporate uh, sponsorship. So I'll we'll call it uh, something. Else. I gotta figure out. We should probably call it something else anyway. Uh, that's kind of next a, year for basketball season. You can come up with a new nifty yeah. title. Okay, it's kind of a lame a lame name anyway. Um, so so essentially the the high school draw is here and. Uh, can you believe it? That we made it this far. Yeah, I can. I mean, I I I, I thought we would, but I didn't know you know how many teams would be playing. You know what the season would look like, and you know it, it kind of played out uh, probably better than what I had thought uh, in a lot of ways. Um, as far as the number of teams being able to play week to week, I think early on there was it, it didn't look didn't look great, but uh, here here we are, and, and uh, you know now we're going into the last two week well Friday tonight uh, week eight, and then next week week nine the last regular season week and then uh the following week we start with uh 4a on down the following week will be 5a and 6a in in its entirety there is one 5a game uh we can touch on later that first week but uh but basically we we've got the path set i actually thought this was a little you know i don't know if it's because there there are such huge favorites this year uh center grove and 6a cathedral 5a it wasn't didn't seem as intriguing, I guess, to me the draw. Uh, just to, to you know to just to say that I don't think it seemed it, there wasn't any huge uh, you know wondering what would happen type of situations, especially for those top teams because I think they're uh, pretty much uh, you know heavy favorites. But there well, are the, uh, the big what what could happen or what will happen is you know there are going to be forfeits. I mm-hmm. mean that's that's the that's the problem. That's where we're at right now. You know. During the regular season, we've obviously there have been cancellations every week. Um, the number hasn't been as you know the beginning of this year, like you said, it was a little higher. The numbers have gone down, but we're still seeing cancellations every week. And during the regular season, you have that wiggle room. You know, it's just you move on to the next week, or hey, let's play Saturday, or hey, we can find a new game. Um, when the playoffs start, you can't do that. So that's that's I think the bigger you know one of the biggest issues that we have to 
look at for the sectional draw now is there is no more wiggle room. You know, if there's a positive case on your team, unfortunately, you're you're going to have to forfeit. I mean, we saw this in uh, in Iowa with their baseball tournament over the summer. The number one team in their state, um, they had a they had a positive test and they had to be quarantined for 14 days. And the state tournament started in 10, and they had to forfeit their game. Um, and I think uh, Commissioner Paul Knight said said about as much without saying it on the uh, selection show mm-hmm. um, that they're going to be some they're going to be some unfortunate circumstances that they can't that are out of their control and there are going to be some forfeits. So it's just if you thought the coaches were on edge, you know, earlier in the season, you know, when we all were starting to get with you know how do you coach with social distance, the masks, and all this other stuff, you know, now you know you have to imagine. Most of these schools are really, most of these teams are really on edge and really going to, to take it seriously, knowing that any slip up, you know, can cost them their season. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's something I, you know, I texted with the coach this morning, you know, talking about, you know, well, how do you like your draw or whatever, and it's, it's that was the first thing that came up was, uh, you know, we just have to stay away from COVID. You know, that's that's kind of the, you know, kind of the underlying, uh, you know, theme to this whole tournament and what Paul Neidig said last night on the on the uh, sectional show uh, was I, I had a chance to talk to him about two weeks ago in his office for a different story, but we did we did talk about that a little bit and you know basically what the IHSA uh, you know they have to keep the tournament on track you know and they can't uh, you know wait for a team to come out of quarantine for 14 days to play a tournament game it just it just the tournament won't stay on course that way so you know if there is a, you know what we may see is you know if there's a team that you know needs a day or two you know I, I would think that could be a possibility maybe you you know if it's if it if the timing uh, allows it maybe you play a game on a Saturday or a Monday or something like that but you know there's only only so far you can go to push a game back and you know what will happen is those teams will you know have to forfeit and then and the other team will move on um, you know, and, and you know, what if that happens in a state championship game? You know, can you imagine that? How how uh, bad that, how terrible that would would look and be? But you know, that's kind of the that's that's what'll happen. I I have to imagine it will happen uh, to somebody, uh, probably multiple teams or or you know more than one, but hopefully not. You know, but uh, I think what we've seen week to week is there's always a handful. Uh, that can't play and uh, you know we're starting to get into a time now where you know we're getting close to that you know first sectional week and you know if there's a team that has to quarantine you know here in about 10 days or so they may have to miss that that uh, first sectional game so we're getting close to that time and and uh, again it's essential for everybody to to stay healthy and and uh, do the things they can do to control uh, what's happening there so uh, that's kind of the, and I wish I, I should have put that in the the ten things you know from the uh, sectional draw because that's probably the number one overall thing everybody's thinking about at this point. Well, then you should write. Then you should write a whole separate story on it. One thing I at a time. Assigned it to you. There you go. I just assigned it to you. There you <laughs> go. Have that ready for Monday. I'll add that too. We can do that in our five things we learned maybe from from the weekend. I just told you to make it a separate. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Again, uh, so now we. We move on to the sectional draw. What what did you, you know, anything you really took away from, from last night that was interesting to you? Uh, you know, I, I sectional the 28-3A, that's always an interesting one. You know, Chittard is, it's a, you know, a fantastic team, you know, prohibitive favorite. But, you know, potential matchup with West Lafayette there um, was intriguing. I think um, also sectional 29-3A is interesting. 
um, with Indian Creek, Fry West, and then Ritter Danville possible semi. So I mean, there there was a lot, there's a lot to introduce. But we can go uh, local sectional by sectional if you want, um, and we can get your thoughts because that's what people really care about. Your, your thoughts. Yeah, we can definitely do that. And I'm, uh, I've got a new puppy dog here too. I'm I'm chasing around, so he's. Uh, what kind of what kind of dog is it, it Kyle? Can you can you say this full uh, scientific name for the crab? I don't like to say because it's. Say it. uh, it doesn't make you any less of a man. Go ahead. He's a golden, a golden doodle. A golden doodle, doodle. See, Kyle doesn't want to say the word doodle, but there's nothing wrong with a golden doodle. I have a calf of poo, so I'd rather have a golden doodle than a calf of poo. You know, so. he's. I like him. He's. He's. Uh. He seems smart. He's a little rambunctious. That's, That's also the poodle. Yeah, but uh, I'm. I'm used to having big labs, and uh, you know, so. But he. He's going to be. I think he's. He's going to be good. He doesn't shed. So that was kind of the, my youngest son can't be around uh, dogs that shed. He's allergic. So uh, this will be, you know, I think, but first few weeks gone relatively well. How old's your youngest son? Uh, he just turned 12. So for 12 years you had him around dogs he couldn't be around. <laughs> exactly. Well, up until he was nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, you know. The dog, the dog was here first, apparently. So develops. Just have, yeah, kid'll just have to get used to it. Develops toughness. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start in six A. We'll do reverse of what the uh, the selection show does. We'll go big school, then the small school. Does that sound good? Yes. All right. Well, let's start with sectional four, which is where we have um, four locals. We have Westfield playing Noblesville and HSE playing Fishers. The Mudsock rivalry right there in the uh, the first first game of uh, sectional. So. I'll give my thoughts first. Uh, that's that's Westfield's to win. Uh, I think you feel the same way. I know you saw Westfield in a scrimmage before the season even started against Ben Davis, and you came away really impressed with them. And there's been nothing that they've done during the season to, to lead us to believe otherwise. Uh, you know, obviously they opened the season against Cathedral. They played them actually pretty tough, all things considered. They lost that game. But then they've just gone on a tear since. They've won six games. They've looked really impressive doing it. Uh, Maximus Webster, a quarterback, has really settled in. Micah Hauser, a great two-way player for them. Mason Peening makes plays at wide receiver. Um, obviously, they got Popeye Williams on defense making plays. He's a D1 kid. Um, so that Westfield team looks legit, not just in that sectional, but on that side of the bracket. And I know uh, I know you probably agree with me because I'm just parroting a lot of what you have <laughs> conditioned me to think so far this season. No, you're absolutely right. I, I think, uh, you know, at, at, as the season unfolded, I thought maybe HSC and Westfield were kind of co would be co-favorites maybe, even on the whole, the whole north side of the bracket because uh, HSE was playing really well. Um, you know, but then we saw, you know, Westfield, I, I thought I knew, you know, what that team was about after that that scrimmage. And then, uh, you know, Cathedral really handed it, you know, handed it to them in that opening game. And that turned out to be probably more about Cathedral than it was Westfield. And I think looking back, you know, talking to Jake Gilbert about that game, they, they there's some things that could have happened to make that score closer than it was. Um, you know, and if they played again, I think it would be closer, but, uh, pretty clearly now, you know, after they beat Brownsburg, after they, they handled HSC in a game that was 14 to three, but probably, you know, it was not even that close. Um, you know, I think they're starting to really believe in what they're doing there. And, you know, this is a program, you know, people forget, I think sometimes that they won a 5A title uh, a few years ago. Uh, so they're not mentioned, you know, as as a six A power because they haven't played six A very long. But you know, this is a program that's had success under Jake Gilbert, and and now they have the, you know, I think the overall 
uh, talent on both sides of the ball. And, and you mentioned Popeye Williams and, and Micah Hauser, I, those two especially. Uh, Hauser, he plays both ways and, and rarely comes off the field, you know, running back, you know, safety. Uh, that, that Brownsburg game, I think he had 20-something tackles in that game. Uh, so he's just all over the place. But, you know, Maximus Webster at quarterback is just starting to play really well. So I, I think they are – you know, I think they're probably better than, than HSC. You know, I, I think that game would be competitive. I think actually Noblesville has been better than, uh, th- than we thought, you know, going into the year. So, you know, Westville only beat them, uh, I believe it was 24 to 10 uh, earlier this season. So, you know, that's not a, you know, not an easy sectional, uh, but I think Westfield's the team. And I think, you know, as, as you look forward, I think they are, they're probably better than Merrillville and, uh, and Lafayette Jeff. And they would be my pick to make it uh, all the way to Lucas Oil Stadium. All right. Well, let's move on to sectional five. Uh, we begin with Pike at Carmel and then Brownsburg at Avon. Um, that That's a sectional that I know has really stuck out to you as probably one of the most competitive in 6A. Um, obviously, Brownsburg, um, well, first of all, you start with Carmel. you got your defending state champs who've won four games in a row. Uh, they've won seven sectionals in a row, but Really, you know, I, I think at the start of the season, they started one and two, and, you know, we saw how much they lost off that roster. And, okay, it was like, all right, Carmel is down this year. And then they go ahead and win four in a row, and they really have reasserted themselves in this in this chase. So, um, but that game against Pike is not going to be a pushover. Uh, what was it, a triple overtime game the first time they played? Yeah, it was 45 44, uh, double overtime. Double Pike, overtime, yeah. yeah. Pike went for the win in the uh, two point conversion and, and didn't get it. But uh, Pike is, is uh, dangerous for sure. And, you know, that's a program that, that, you know, we thought going into the year they were going to be better than, than they've been in a while. And uh, they have been. And uh, that's a, I think people will probably overlook that game and they shouldn't. Uh, because Pike is capable, and, and Carmel knows that. And, and I think, you know, when you look at Carmel, I, I think, you know, you can never write them off. And even after they lost to Center Grove, I, I, I just knew that they were going to, you know, they're going to figure it out. You know, they're going to figure out their, their offense. And, you know, I think the biggest problem for them this year is probably on the defensive side. They just haven't been able to, to you know, be as physical. And I think, from you know, from talking to John Hebert, I think they knew that going into the year that they, they probably weren't as good as they were last year for sure on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, there's no Cole Brevard uh, kind of you know, plugging up the middle. And, you know, they lost some guys to injuries, too, before the season. So, you know, that, that's no, just – No Ty Wise either. Ty Wise, exactly, exactly. Second level, yeah. Those are different, you know, playmaking type of guys that they just don't have uh, that many of this year. But, the, but Carmel, when you, when you look at them in the sectional, it's going to be different. And I think, you know, hopefully we get – I think the, the best two teams there are Brownsburg and Carmel. And uh, – you know, I think that's going to be a really, you know, good matchup. And, and you know, I, I you know, I, and, and Brownsburg still has to get past Avon, which is no uh, cakewalk either with uh, Henry Hessen and that. They've got all kinds of good receivers, but their defense has struggled. So, you know, I, I think the, the Carmel-Brownsburg game would be a great one. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see that game happen. Can Brownsburg, you know, get through and finally win a sectional? Can they beat a Mick team uh, in a big game? Uh, you know, and Carmel just has that. The thing about them where they're just better, you know, it's hard to imagine them even losing a sectional game. They've done it so many times now, uh, you know, over the years, and they're just a different team. You know, a lot of MIC teams are that way. They're just different once the tournament starts, and, and I think they can flip that switch and and just just be a different type of squad. So I, I, I'm that, that'll be a really fun sectional. All four of those teams are, are, are dangerous and good. 
Um, you know, and, and Mark Bless does a great job at Avon. They'll be ready to play Brownsburg. I, I guarantee uh, that game will be a good one. Um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of intrigue around that uh, sectional five. Yeah, and if you like points, uh, there are going to be fewer po- you know, a fewer sectionals that are going to score more points than sectional five. I got a feeling. Yeah, um, all four of those know. teams are, are you know capable of scoring 40, 40 50 yeah, points. I mean, Brownsburg's got Ben Easters, the Kentucky or not the Kansas commit at quarterback. You mentioned Henry Heston, Anthony Cialdella at Pike is uh, having a really good year, and Zach Osborne has really turned it on for Carmel here late. Um, so all all four of those teams have quarterbacks that can that can really put up some some numbers on you. So that'll be a fun sectional to keep an eye on. All right, we're going to move on to sectional six. I think um, we can all agree that this is Ben Davis's to lose. Uh, ben Davis opens at Southport. Southport kind of have a, had a snake bit season, obviously, with you know some COVID exposures, a lot of cancellations. They've only played four games to this point. Um, then there's Perry Meridian, who's lost, I think, 21 games in a row. They played at Tech uh, in the second game. Um, so, you know, Ben Davis sitting there at 2-5. and five. We're recording this on Friday, heading into the Friday night games. But, you know, records, you know, we obviously know they're a MIC team. They play the toughest, the tougher schedule of all those teams. Um, you would have to imagine sectional six is Ben Davis's to win. Yeah, they're definitely the the clear favorite there. And uh, the question is, how do they, you know, wh- what will they look like in the regional, and how will they match up with whoever comes out of that one? Uh, you know, and I, I would say they'll be a you know an underdog to whoever that will be. They've already lost. Uh, you know, pretty big, big games to uh, or, or in a lopsided fashion to Brownsburg and Avon, and uh, just lost to Carmel uh, this past week. They did beat Pike uh, earlier this year, so uh, only one and three against that field. But yeah, Ben Davis is not. You know, they're they're you know, this as tough as their previous uh, classification cycle was with the sectional. Uh, they got it really good this <laughs> this time because you know they're clearly better than all three of those teams uh you know and and they should should roll uh in that sectional and i think they there's been they've showed uh you know some signs of of improvement you know throughout the year and then kind of backslid last week i thought that carmel game would be closer ended up 31 to 9 and uh but they again they're a they're a team that can hit, can hit you with some big plays uh they've got playmakers like Dalen Carnell uh, on the defensive side uh, the biggest question for them, and what Jason Simmons had wondered about that team, is how do we play, you know, on the lines? And they were they were young and inexperienced along the lines. Those are areas where it takes uh, you know game experience and, and uh, you know improvement throughout the year, and and they've shown signs of that. Uh, but I think it'll come down to you know them you know playing in the regional and, and how do they stack up with whoever they see coming out of that sectional five. All right, sectional seven is a really interesting one as well. You got Lawrence North against Lawrence Central. You would expect Lawrence North to move on there, but then Warren Central and North Central on the other side of the bracket. Um, and obviously, Warren Central is not the—it's not vintage Warren Central. Um, and North Central is really—you uh, know—I think that they're three zero against teams in that sectional. So North Central's got a chance to do something there. I think if you're looking at a Lawrence North North Central sectional final, that's that's a tasty matchup. Yeah, I think that's going to be. I think. Uh... You know, this is kind of the the you know kind of the chance where we get to see what does Lawrence North have. You know, what are, can they you know can they win a big game in the sectional? Can they win? You know, they've got Lawrence Central in that first game. They only beat them by a touchdown uh, during the season, but that's a game you'd expect them to win. And, and you know, honestly, I would I would kind of probably favor them against both uh, North Central and Warren Central in the in the following round. Um, you know, it's it's, but it's easier said than done. Uh, they lost to North Central uh, during the season. 
Uh, they beat Warren Central uh, during the regular season, but you know, I just I feel like they have the most uh, weapons on that offense with uh, McCulley and and Cooper. And uh, I'm curious to see them play tonight against Center Grove. See how they match up there. And then uh, you know that's a game they could they could see Center Grove again uh, in that regional. But first things first, you know, to you have to kind of see it to believe it. You know, kind of like Brownsburg, and uh, you got to win that sectional first. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence North hasn't won a football sectional in 30 years, so right um, up against up against quite a bit there. But again, you know, you look at North Central. You know, two years ago it had been since 1993 that they'd won a sectional. So you know, it can't happen. And uh, like you said, the weapons they have. Um, you know, Omar Cooper is averaging 29.8 yards a catch. That's ridiculous. 29.8 yards a catch. I mean, every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to score. Um, so he's he's been fun to watch. Trayvon Hagler, running back. Ollie Richardson, also running back. So they've had they got a lot of weapons. Um, so that game, you know, if it is LNNC, that that'll be a, a fun sectional final to keep an eye on. Yeah, Cooper reminds me of kind of where David Bell was a few years ago. You know, as a as a as a junior. I think he wrote that. I think he wrote that. Yeah. The basketball six. You know, the parallels between both being on winning basketball teams. So this the next step for them. You know, obviously because David Bell was a winner in football and basketball. You know, didn't lose a game. And then you, you know, with Omar Cooper, like LN to have a winning record, that's that's a huge accomplishment for Lawrence North. I mean, mm-hmm. for football. So, I mean, this is what you have all that talent. You, know, you got Donovan McCulley, who people thought, you know, he's obviously an IU commit, possible Mister Football um, candidate. But the, you know, they haven't disappointed. They have r- risen to the occasion. There have been a few hiccups, but for, you know, but for the most part, they're five and two, and they are putting up points. So. Um, they have held up their end of the bargain. Yeah, they have, and they've they've kind of been knocking on that door for a while now. And it's it's uh, it's, you kind of have have been expecting the when are you going to turn the corner and get that first winning season and and get that first sectional. It's kind of where North Central was, but it happened faster, you know, for them. Um, You know, and and I just I I feel like this is maybe the year. This because you know honestly, Warren Central's down. This is a time to get them. You know, this is a time for. You know Lawrence North. North Central is is they're not down, but they're they're gettable. You know they that's a that's a winnable sectional for Lawrence North. Probably more than it ever will be. Uh, Warren's going to be better next year and the following year for sure. Um, you know so this is this is their time. You know and and if they can take advantage of it, this this is a great opportunity to do so. Um, you know I I I really you know think highly of of McCulley and Cooper and and. Uh, you know that offense. Pat Mallory's been doing this for a while. You know the the continuity of the coaching staff has helped. You know dramatically. You need that uh, to, to help get you over over the hump. And uh, you know I, I just I feel like this is probably their chance. I'll probably pick them to win that sectional. But uh, it's like I said, it's easier said than done. It's it's you, you have to kind of believe you can do it uh, before you do it. You want an easier sectional to pick? How about sectional eight? Yeah, I'll take next. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be centered now. And that's not we're not sliding Columbus East, we're not sliding Columbus North. They usually, you know, they usually do have good teams and they have winning records this year. But this Center Grove team is a different kind of animal, and they are they are just pounding teams. They're blowing them out left and right. They're number one team in the state. They're top fifteen in the country in the USA Today Super Twenty Five poll. Uh, they are for real. Um, and it's, I mean, games are over in the first quarter. And before the first quarter is even over, sometimes the game's are already over. Uh, they are just, they are just legit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, I do, I know uh, uh, Bob Gaddis at Columbus East. And, uh, you know, they, they have, obviously they've had a great program over the years. So not to, you know, slight them or Columbus North, which has been very good as well. 
but I just, you know, it's, it's hard to, this is a different type of a situation. Uh, you know, Center Grove is, is a different type of a team this year than even, even their really good teams. So, uh, they're just, you know, and to me, when I watch them play, I just, it's just so hard to, uh, consistently move the ball on them. You know, you, you, and Pike, Pike did, Pike probably showed how you have to at least start to go about beating them. They hit a kickoff return for a touchdown, uh, hit a long pass for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, you know, you're up 14, seven. Now they couldn't stop them. And that, yeah, that was the problem as, as 50 points later, we found out uh, 54 to or 57 to 14 in that game. But, uh, but you're going to have to hit some big plays, and I, I, yeah, I do wonder if maybe Lawrence North can do some of that uh, tonight. You know, I don't know if they can defend them though, and yeah, that's going to be the problem. Is they're so well rounded, you know, and they're a team that, you know, every year they're better in November than they are in August. You know, and that, and even watching that Warren Central game as the offense struggled the first game of the year, or second game of the year, um, you know, you you knew that well, this isn't the this isn't the team we're going to see uh, around now, you know, and, and they've shown that Carson Steele is back to being Carson Steele. Uh, Taven Jackson, if you look at his numbers, has had a really good year. Uh, Connor Delp is that, you know, kind of an X factor at receiver for him, you know, so, so you kind of try to assess where their weaknesses are and it's hard to find any, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe, you know, maybe the, uh, ability to kind of control the game with the pass, you have to try to, you know, hit short passes and then, you know, maybe break one of those. And I, you know, Omar Cooper is a guy who might be able to do that tonight. We'll find out. But I just can't see Center Grove, you know, the sectional anyway. You know, I can't see anybody uh, being able to uh, play with them in sectional eight. And we'll find out. We can assess it after tonight maybe what that regional would look like. But I do hope they get a – at some point along the way, I hope somebody can – and maybe it will be until the semi-state. I don't know. Or maybe it won't be at all. But I hope they do get a good challenge – uh, from covering those, you know, the, the 2017 Ben Davis team, you know, I remember that Warren Central game, they, that, they gave them all they could handle in, in the, uh, in the, in the sectional, it would have been the sectional that year. And it was a touchdown game, but I think it helped Ben Davis, you know, the rest of the season and then, or the rest of the tournament. And then the next year, Warren Central had a really tough battle with North Central, uh, in the regional. That game wasn't decided until David Bell returned that punt return, uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I hope they get a game like that somewhere along the way, so we can kind of see, you know, how they handle a, a tough uh, situation like that. Yeah, well, I think we'll learn a little bit more tonight, obviously against Lawrence North, but then again, the end of the regular season when they play Cathedral, that'll be a, a oh, yeah. game to keep an eye on. All right, let's move to Class Five A. Um, so we'll go to Sectional Twelve. We only have one local in there, and that's Zinesville um, playing against uh, Harrison of West Lafayette, the Raiders. Um, and then McCutcheon plays Kokomo on the other side of the bracket. Uh, the only team with a winning record right now in that sectional is uh, Harrison, but I have to believe maybe Zinesville is the favorite. Um, looking at common opponents and you know comparing schedules, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Zinesville. You know, they played six A last year and they won there. They actually won their sectional last year, uh, and you know, I think with, Brownsburg, right? They yeah. did. They upset Brownsburg after Brownsburg had finally you know beat uh, Avon. And then uh, the next week it was, I think it was forty-four to forty. Uh, you know, Zionsville won uh, that sectional. So you know, you think dropping down to five A now, you know, this would be you know a little bit easier. But they did get probably the toughest game they could in the first round against Harrison, a team that you know under Terry Peebles is always always very good program. And uh, so I think that's maybe a more of a toss-up game. But I think Zionsville, the schedule they played. 
Uh, Colin Price having another good year uh, for for them at running back, and and uh, you know their 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 uh, record always looks worse than uh, the team actually is because of the conference they play in. They're the the smallest uh, program in that HCC. So as of now, anyway, I think they'll be back to six A probably the next classification. But you know this is a good opportunity for Zionsville really to uh, to make a run in in that uh, side of the five uh, A bracket. And I'm not sure there's there's a team that they'll see uh, that's as tough as the schedule they've played so far. So, you know, I, I like that, uh, you know, opportunity for them. But I do think right out of the gate that Harrison game will be probably their toughest matchup uh, maybe for a couple rounds. Okay, let's go to sectional 13. Uh, we have Decatur Central playing Terre Haute North. We've got Cathedral playing Terre Haute South. And then Plainfield gets the bye. So the winner of Decatur Central, Terre Haute North um, plays that Plainfield. Uh, Plainfield will play the winner of DC THN. Uh, so, uh, this is a pretty interesting sectional. Um, obviously, Cathedral, the prohibitive favorite in the whole Class Five. Um, they just completed the uh, the triple crown on the Cincinnati schools, beating all three of them, um, which is always nice from Indiana standpoint. We like to see those Ohio schools come here and lose. Um, it makes us feel a little bit better. Uh, but uh, the Cathedral's ridiculous, ridiculously good, but Decatur Central can score a lot of points, uh, and Plainfield can score too. So this is not going to be a cakewalk for the Irish. No, that's a, you, know, you make a good point. I mean, that's kind of a source of pride, I think, anytime Indiana schools can beat uh, you know, Ohio. And, and you know, man, they, they ran the table three weeks in a row. And, uh, you know, I, Indiana, there's a lot of schools that don't like Cathedral, <laughs> so I don't know if, how people feel about that exactly, but... Uh, but it is a, you know, I, I think it shows at least where Cathedral is as a program right now, and, and this might be their best team I can remember them having just from all, you know, all all aspects, um, you know. So as good as, you know, Indicator Central, you know, they they are the one team that does have to play, uh, you're the one local team that does have to play in five A that first week, uh, but they should be okay, I think, to win that first game. I, I talked to uh, or messaged with uh, Peyton Horsley, their quarterback, who. You know, they thought he might be out uh, for for a longer period of time. He's going to sit tonight, but he just has a, a bone bruise. He had an MRI on his uh, AC joint uh, by his shoulder, and it was just a bruise, not a tear. So that's a good good news uh, for for Decatur Central, uh, which uh, they, you know two years ago they beat Cathedral in the sectional for the first time in forever and uh, made it all the way to the state finals. Uh, this team, I don't think, is quite uh, where that one was, but but still very good. You know, they're five and two. Uh, Kyle Enright's done a great job of, of building that program there at Decatur, uh, but if they, I don't know if they can hang with Cathedral. Plainfield is also, you know, kind of having a resurgence here this year. Uh, you know, under Brian Woodard, they're coming off a good win over over Franklin. Played Decatur Central tough a couple weeks ago, and uh, sitting at four and three. But I really have to think, you know, Cathedral. Any if you, we see Cathedral losing the sectional, that would be a momentous uh, upset. I think just from everything we've seen so far. Uh, with that offense and that defense, especially the offense, has just been basically unstoppable to this point with uh, McKay Hill and, and Camden Jordan is just having a phenomenal year coming off a, an injury last year that kept him out uh, for the tournament. So a big addition back for that that team. And kind of like we talked with Center Grove, there's not, not a lot of holes uh, to that team, not a lot of weaknesses. All right, let's move on to sectional 14. There we've got uh, Franklin playing New Pal and Seymour playing Whiteland. Uh, to me, it's New Pal Whiteland, and that would be a heck of a champion, a sectional championship game to watch um, because both those teams, you know, run heavy. Uh, I feel like that'll be a quick game. You might get that game in under 
two hours. So in terms of uh, covering from a deadline standpoint, that would be a fantastic game. But uh, Whiteland, the way Darren Fisher's team is playing right now, I I mean, it's hard to pick against New Pell in the state tournament or at Kyle Ralph anytime. But I, you know, when Whiteland played Morrisville, I told you I, I think I was leaning Whiteland in that game, and they proved me right. And I think I think Whiteland might win this sectional. And you can call me crazy, and that's fine. But I think Whiteland, this might be the year they they push through here. And and New Pell, obviously, they lost. You know, they they don't have as much of that high end talent that they had last year. Obviously, there's Charlie Spiegel, there's Max and Hope, there's Kyle King. I mean, you're talking about you know two guys who were scholarship D1, and then Spiegel, who's you know, already running over people as a walk-on at practice at IU. So that's high-end talent that they lost. But to me, uh, I, I still I think I like Whiteland in that one. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, you you were right about the Whiteland-Mooresville game, and I, I was skeptical. And, and uh, you know, as that game started, I mean, Whiteland was clearly, you know, early on they were by far the better team uh, early in that game. And then Mooresville kind of got their footing and, and had a chance to win it late in regulation, missed a field goal. But – I, even if they would have lost, I would have came away really impressed with Whiteland. Uh, you know, Valentine is is legitimate. Uh, just a just a you know hard. He reminds me of a Hauser from uh, Westfield, where he just it's tough to bring him down. You know, he's just always moving, keeps his legs moving. Um, you know, just a really good player for them. Already has a thousand yards on the season. Um, you know, and then d- defensively, they're they're pretty good as well but uh you know they're 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 a team having seen new pal and whiteland play this year you know i i think i would probably pick whiteland to win that game but i also i also know kyle ralph uh, pretty well (laughs) over the years and i know uh how well he motivates that team and and, you know he's probably been scheming for whiteland for several weeks now and, and already has a game plan uh but you know i from a talent standpoint and just overall you know both sides of the ball i, I think whiteland's probably the better team but and, and F- darren fisher does a great job too he's he's built that program at whiteland to uh be consistently good every single year um so i think that'll be a great matchup you know if if that does happen franklin has franklin has some talent too and they play new pile in the first the first round of uh, that sectional, but I, assuming New Pal gets past them, New Pal Whiteland, I agree, it would be a great game. Uh, I think it's a game where you know it it definitely could go either way. It kind of depends on how New Pal, you know, how well they have developed, um, how 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 healthy they are too. Uh, they really took a beating in that Mount Vernon game. Had a lot of guys out uh, the following couple weeks. Uh, you know, especially along the lines. So so they get they got to get healthy and ready. Uh, but, uh, you know, that'll be, you know, if nothing else, just super intriguing to see if somebody can knock off new pal and, uh, you know, in their, uh, their tournament streak after back to back five, a championships. All right. Uh, I think we're down to four a now, right? Yeah. Yep. We are moving to four. We're just moving along right here. <laughs> uh, sectional 21. Uh, this is Mount Vernon. Number one, Mount Vernon's to lose. Um, they, they open with Richmond, and um, then there's Pendleton Heights plays Greenfield Central, Newcastle plays Shelbyville, and Connorsville plays Mun- Muncie Central on the bottom half of the bracket. So Newcastle probably feeling pretty good about their draw um, there. So, it, I mean, I, I mean Newcastle might be in the championship game. So really the, the game to watch is probably going to be the semifinal um, Mount Vernon between whoever wins uh, that Pendleton Heights-Greenfield Central game. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be you – know, you're right. Newcastle probably has a has the you know easiest route here. Got the best draw anyway, and uh, Mount Vernon uh, probably looking to that 
whoever wins that Pendleton Heights Greenfield Central game. I wouldn't sleep on you know Greenfield Central. I think is 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 probably better than people realize. I know they're only two and three, uh, but they played New Pal to a three point game. They play kind of a different style of offense where it's you know pretty much all run. They hardly ever pass. Uh, Travis Nolting, their coach there. Uh, he did that at North Central Farmersburg uh, for a long time. Had a lot of success there, and I remember Kyle Ralph even telling me last year that that you know Greenfield Central is going to be much better uh, in, here in the coming years. So, you know, they play Pendleton Heights that first game, and I would I would favor Pendleton Heights, but you know, just as a FYI, I think that that could be a better game than people know uh, in the first round, but. Mount Vernon struggled with uh, Pendleton Heights uh, a few weeks ago. I think we had that game on our uh, Friday Night Live show. Um, if I was that right, did we have we had that one on, didn't we? The uh, yeah. we had Mount Vernon Delta the week. Oh, before. Delta. Okay, but yeah, yeah. The next week they 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 were trailing Pendleton Heights pretty late in that game. Uh, you know, ended up coming back in the fourth quarter, one twenty-seven twenty-one. Uh, oh, we did have that game. That's right. Yeah, we did have. That I game. thought I remember watching some of that as yeah. I was I was somewhere else, but. Uh, was curious how they how they would respond to that because that's a situation they hadn't really been in uh, this season. So that turned out to be their toughest game to this point. Uh, so that, that Mount Vernon's sitting here seven and zero. They should be nine and zero by the time the tournament starts. I checked uh, yesterday with uh, uh, Brandon Ecker, their AD out there, and he said this you know they've never had a, a undefeated regular season before. So this would be the first time uh, in their history. So obviously Mike Kirshner doing a lot of great things there. Um, you know, defensively, they're they're really good. Uh, that's that's uh, and then Garrick Slunaker, their quarterback, has got a lot of weapons to throw to. So, you know, Mount Vernon, I think, is is clearly the favorite there. But there are a, a couple teams, including Pendleton Heights, I think, uh, that could give them some trouble. Uh, but they they you know they handled Newcastle easily last week. So I think if they can get by that uh, semifinal matchup, uh, they'll, they'll be fine coming out of sectional twenty one. All right, let's go to sectional twenty two. Uh, it opens with Frankfurt versus Lebanon, then Roncalli against Christmas Attics, Beach Grove against Shortridge, and then Western has the bye. So Western awaits the winner of Frankfurt-Lebanon. Uh, Ron, to me, the two best teams in this, uh, I mean, Roncalli uh, and Western. And then I get, I mean, you can't sleep on Beach Grove. Beach Grove, they've got Garrett Esposito. They, they've got playmakers. Um, so an, an interesting sectional, but still one you would feel Ron Colley with their pedigree, with the talent they have and the schedule they've played, that it is Ron Colley's as the favorite. Yeah, I feel like Ron Colley, this is the best team they've had in a while. Uh, John Rodenberg came over there from uh, Lawrence Central uh, this this year, and I covered the only game they lost was to Chittard, but you know, even that, even though that was twenty eight to seven, you know, they, there was a few mistakes, excuse me, mistakes they made in that game that. Um, you know, turned into huge plays, and, and that just killed them uh, defensively. Offensively, they were missing uh, one of their their better players on uh, at receiver. Uh, Kyle Lockhart was out in a contact tracing situation, so they weren't at full strength. But uh, Baron Hebler, you know, he he's been you know had had a great season for Ron Colley running the ball. Uh, their defense has been good. They, they, this is probably the most explosive team I can remember them having as far as putting points on the board. Uh, you know, often against pretty good opponents. You know, they went up to Harrison and beat them a couple weeks ago. I think they scored 42 points in the uh, 49. They won 49-45. Yeah, 49-45 in that game. So scored 42 on Garen, scored 63 on Bloomington North. Yeah, they could put up points. Yeah, so I, I think that's definitely the team. You're right about Beach Grove. I think they've got some weapons that can that can make things interesting. But and and Western's been a good program, you know, over the years. But 
uh, I think sectional 22, even going into the year, that, that looked like uh, it was going to be Ron Colley's to, to win. All right, let's move on to sectional 23. All right, we, uh, we start with uh, South Dearborn against Greenwood, Jennings County against Martinsville, East Central versus Silver Creek, and then at the bottom of the bracket, Mooresville against Madison. Um, Mooresville, obviously, the uh, got to be one of the favorites, but that Mooresville East Central semifinal is certainly probably one of the better semifinals in the state that you would have met, you know, regardless of class that most people would circle. Um, and then Greenwood, I, I feel like Greenwood can do some things. Um, you know, the record's not great, but their running game is ridiculously strong. Um, we'll see if they can get past South Dearborn. But then, uh, you know, Jennings County, Martinsville are two teams that aren't. You know, Martinsville can, can they've kind of had an up-and-down year. So I think Greenwood at the top of the bracket might have a way into that championship. But really, the game of the, of the sectional, to me, will be East Central, Mooresville. And uh, I know Silver Creek is seven to zero. I just don't, you know, I don't know a lot about Silver Creek. I know Trey Kaufman is really good at basketball. Um, <laughs> I don't know much about their football team, but I just I know East Central is traditionally a, traditionally a really strong team right there on the border of Ohio. So to me, that Morrisville East Central game is the game of the, this sectional. Silver Creek's going to line up uh, Kaufman at receiver and throw him lobs uh, all, all, all game long. Uh, no, but East, East Central's been, you know, they, they're you know one of those traditional powerhouse teams. I remember, uh, you know, Greenwood had to go down there and play them a few years ago when they had that really good team in, in the semi-state and uh, couldn't get past them. So, you know, we've seen them a lot, you know, throughout the years. Mooresville did beat them last year. Uh, 17 to 14 and and, uh, and we're able to advance I believe that was in the sectional championship game that uh, last year but um, you know having seen Mooresville and they they should get uh, Jalen uh, Allscott Vandeventer back uh, on the offensive line uh, probably next week uh, so they should have him uh, ready to go and uh, that makes a big difference as well they're missing him again that loss to Whiteland uh, last week but you know this this is a team you know under Mike Gillen that you know they, they've they they kind of surprised us a couple of years ago. Uh, now you just kind of they're they're talented. I mean they're they're a legitimate uh, state title contender. Um, but like you said, this is one of the tougher uh, this is one of the tougher sectionals in four A. Uh, so they're going to have to earn it. You know they're going to have to get through some really good teams, including probably East Central in that semifinal game. Um, and then like you said, I think Green Greenwood's not a you know that that's a that's a good team as well. And uh, they, you know, after a couple down years, are back to being really good under Mike Campbell. The record doesn't show it, and they're, they're going to have a couple tough games uh, tonight against Franklin, and then uh, I believe they finish with Whiteland. So they could be three and six going in, but still be super dangerous uh, a team in four A because their schedule is mostly five A teams. So uh, keep an eye on the Woodman. Uh, they're always like to run the ball. Mike Campbell, that's kind of their bread and butter. Uh, they do it really well, and uh, you know I, I agree. I think they could be sitting in that championship game against either Mooresville or East Central, but I, I would give Mooresville a slight advantage to come out of uh, sectional 23. All right, let's go down to 3A. We got sectional 28, the defending state champs, Chittard. Uh They open against Hamilton Heights, and there's West Lafayette playing Garrett Catholic, Yorktown playing Crawfordsville, and Rebuff Jesuit playing North Montgomery and yeah, this is the this is usually one of the harder sectionals in the state, and it's no different this year. Did I lose you? Sorry, I'm here. What? What? Your dog? Dog do something? He is. Uh, he gets in these moods where he's just like goes crazy. So uh, he's uh, jumping all over the place. But I got him here, corralled and under control. 
So uh, you're holding your labradoodle? I am, I am now. He's, he's getting to the point where he's going to be too big to hold, though. But uh, anyway, back to, you know, the, yeah, so I, I, I think that, uh, you know, in this sectional, you know, clearly Chittard is, is the team. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably better than I expected going into the season. Um, you know, after they, that, that senior class they had was, was so good and, and uh, talented and deep. Um, you know, but they've come out, they come out swinging this year. The only loss they had was to uh, cathedral and that game was, was probably closer than most people expected as well. Uh, 39 to 20, um, you know, and then they go out and beat Merrillville last week, who was highly ranked in, in six a, you know, so I don't, you know, to me, this is not a big drop off. Uh, Rob Doyle in his fourth year there, uh, has done a great job. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the intriguing things I think is, is the potential of playing Burbuff. And Burbuff, you know, played him close. You know, I, I talked to uh, Joe Strickland earlier this week, and, and you know, they felt like they they kind of caused their own uh, damage in that game, and they felt like they should have won that game. It was twenty four to seventeen, uh, or twenty seven to fourteen, excuse me. Um, so that was a close game, and I think Burbuff feels like you know, if they had that chance again, you know, maybe they'd have a better opportunity to win that game. Um, so, you know, as long as they can stay healthy, they're probably not as deep overall as Chittard is, but, uh, that, that could be a game to watch, uh, in sectional 28. West Lafayette is also very good. Uh, so this is not a, not an easy sectional by any means, uh, to come out of pretty much any year. All right, let's go to sectional 29. We've got Indian Creek playing Tri-West, Greencastle playing Washington, Manuel playing Danville, Carter Ritter playing West Vigo. Uh, yeah, this is this is a really interesting one too. I I really like that Indian Creek Tri West game, the first uh, the first matchup in that sectional. Um, uh, obviously, you gotta like Danville. Danville is uh, you know they're unbeaten. Kale Payne, a quarterback, done a lot of great things for them. Um, Jamie Col- Comer in his first year, they they're not missing a or they're not skipping a beat at all. So uh, Danville probably the favorite in this sectional, but to me the the game that sticks out that. I would want us. I, w- I would go pay the uh, was it eight dollars now, five dollars to go to a game. Six. Okay, well I'll pay the nine ninety nine not to leave my house and watch it on uh, pay per view. That Indian Creek Tri West game to me is a pretty interesting one. Yeah, that should be one of the better games uh, I think anywhere in the first round in the, in sectional twenty nine. Um, if you're looking for a good game to go to and you don't have anybody to watch uh, for sure. Uh, you know, but I, I think Danville is the team. You know, we, they had a chance to play Tri West. Uh, earlier this season, they they won that game pretty handily. They beat a good Franklin team uh, the first week of the season, a 5A program. Uh, they've had a, kind of an odd season where they've had a couple games, uh, one because of their own situation, then another opponent uh, wasn't able to play. So, you know, they've they've only played five games. Uh, but uh, Western Boone tonight, they're they're on the road there uh, to to play that game. So we'll see how that one goes. But. You know, they, they, I think just overall, they, they feel like they're, you know, have a team that can do some damage uh, in the tournament. Uh, but, but this, again, this is a very balanced sectional. I, I like, uh, you know, the, 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 the possible matchup with Tri-West, the rematch. And then Ritter's a team, too, that I think people maybe forget about a little bit. They're 3-2. and two. Again, they've lost a couple games uh, to, to uh, contact tracing as well. But, you know, they were really close to beating Burbuff, only lost by a touchdown uh, earlier this season. Um, you know, they, they run the ball really well, and uh, they could be, you know, when you start to write more about these specific sectionals, they're a, definitely a potential sleeper team in sectional 29. 
Yeah, Ashton Halls had a really strong season yeah. uh, for a Cardinal Order this year. All right, let's go down to sectional 37. Uh, what are we in, Class 2A now? We are in Class 2A now. How mm-hmm. about that? We're moving right along here. Um, didn't want to leave out sectional 36, though. LaPel um, is a local for us. Um, they're the only local in that sectional 36 bracket. Um, they're 5-2, and two, Eastern Greentown undefeated. Uh, Tipton is good in that sectional. Eastbrook, obviously Eastbrook is, has been good. Um, so how do you see LaPel? Obviously, LaPel's offense is their strength. Um, they've had they've, uh, what Brennan Stowe, uh, Tanner Moraz, um, so they've got and Tyler Dollar. So they've got some weapons on offense. But where do you where do you think uh, Lapel can do in sectional thirty six? Well, I think they're in the mix. You know, Tim Miller. They always have good offenses there. They're they're five and two, uh, but coming off a pretty uh, you know hand hand uh, loss was handed to them by uh, Heritage Christian last week. That was a little lopsided. Uh, Eastbrook is normally the team to beat. They run that. Uh, you know, really run heavy, uh, hardly ever pass type of offense under Jeff Adamson, a wing T uh, offense. And, you know, they're normally the team to beat uh, in that sectional, and I think that's probably the case again this year. But, you know, Tipton and uh, Eastern Greentown, also really good teams uh, this season. And, and uh, I think LaPel, uh, you know, probably would have to, you know, pull a couple upsets to come out of this one. But, you know, that, that's they're, uh, they're a strong program, and I think would have the, the belief to do that. Yeah, I think the semifinals in that bracket should be uh, should be pretty good if if the seedings, you know, not seedings, but if the records hold up, we should have some interesting matchups there. Yeah. All right, that- now let's go to sectional thirty-seven. Uh, we have Southmont playing North Putnam to start, but then we've got the Western Boone versus Speedway, Cascade versus Monrovia, and Steger versus South Vermilion. Um, Western Boone, obviously, the two-time defending state champs. Um, they their season got off to uh, what can easily be described as a rough start but they have really uh stemmed the, turned the tide and really uh, look look dangerous again yeah so this is uh this is probably the most uh balanced sectional i would say of any that, that that's in our area really uh, i mean the western boone i think because they have that uh pedigree of success you know but when you win back-to-back state titles i think you probably believe uh, you can do it uh, probably more than any team in this sectional. But this is a really young team, by the way. Like they, a lot of the guys, their top players on defense are freshmen and sophomores. It's it's pretty young. Yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. There, there's a reason Justin Pelly uh, wants to be at Western Boone, and there's there's a lot of uh, talent uh, left in that program. It just you know it's it's inexperienced at this point. They had so many seniors. And they still have some good, you know, seniors this year. Uh, Robbie Taylor, one of them. Robbie Taylor, yeah, the running back, yeah. Uh, so this is a good, you know, they're not obviously as strong as they have been, but I think they're still capable. I would, I would probably pick them to win this. But you know, you look at that, uh, you know, that very first game uh, that they have, and uh, it is Speedway, right, that they play in the first round. So I mean, that's a, you know, at Speedway. Interesting because uh, you know Justin Pelly you know grew up around that program. His dad Denny Pelly uh, was the longtime coach at Speedway, so you kind of have you know that um, you know that's kind of a, a storyline going into that game. Uh, but also Steve Ray, you know he he's really turned this program around this year. This is probably his best team he's had for sure at Speedway, and they, they've uh, you know they've kind of turned it around. They have a young man, DJ McPherson, who's who's their leading rusher and one of their best defensive players. Uh, so they're kind of building something there again, you know, at Speedway. So that's good to see. That's always been a strong program that had kind of fallen off here in the last few years. But you know, that may be the game uh, that that helps decide this sectional. Uh, but I think I think South Vermilion also will have something to say. 
you know, in, in sectional 37, that's a that's a program too that's kind of been on the rise here the last few years. A high scoring team, uh, you know, and uh, they're sitting there at six and one, so probably will be eight and one, you know, by the time the tournament starts. So, uh, really good matchups there. I, I think South Vermillion has been a 3A program that that is that has dropped down this year. Speedway's the end of the regular season is kind of brutal too. They have to pay, play Lutheran tonight and then uh, Triton Central. So that's uh, it's a tough finish to the regular season for Speedway. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to sectional 38. This is uh, Heritage Christian against Winchester, Cecina against Centerville, uh, Shenandoah against Eastern Hancock, and then Northeastern waits uh, with the bye. They await the winner of Heritage Christian, Winchester. So uh, I think just looking at it on paper, Heritage Christian is your is your favorite heading into this. You can't sleep. You can never sleep on Cecina. Their schedule always will kind of skew what their record might be. Um, Eastern Hancock, we, we know with Houston Swan, with all the weapons he's got, the they put up a lot of points. Um, so, what what are your thoughts about Sectional Thirty Eight? Well, I really like Heritage Christian's team. I you know they they are a team that's kind of been built back here under Kyle Ray. Uh, last year they went to the uh, regional, lost to Western Boone. You know, no shame in that. But they were able to, uh, you know, to get through that sectional. They beat Cecina along the way last year. A, a very good Cecina team. Uh, that again is is going to be good. So, but I I like Heritage Christian. They're really good on offense, and I think in these last couple of years have shown that they can play some defense as well. Uh, they did lose that Covenant Christian game a couple weeks ago, which I was surprised. You know, the the score of that game and and uh, you know that. Just the fact that they lost that game, uh, I thought they would win that. Uh, but maybe that helps you. Maybe kind of gets you, uh, you know, motivated and, and uh, you know, get things turned back around the right direction. They play Tindley this week and then uh, South Putnam the following week, and I think we'll probably you know be favored in both those games uh, going into the sectional. But uh, but yeah, I think you know Cecina they've they've got a tradition clearly, and and they would be the second team there. Uh, you know, a lot of good programs, Centerville, Shen- Shenandoah, Eastern Hancock, those teams have all been good uh, here in recent years. So that's another strong uh, sectional, but I like Heritage Christian to come out of there. All right, we'll go, uh, just touch on sectional 39 real quick because Triton Central is our only local there. Um, they're also one of only two teams in that sectional with a winning record. Uh, do you think the Tigers are the favorite in 39? Yeah, they benefited from uh, you know this alignment for sure. I don't think there's anybody in there that uh, can probably touch them. Even though you know there's some some decent records in there, I, I don't think you know Triton Central under Tim Abel has has shown that they can uh, you know win games in the regular season and in the in the tournament. Last year went all the way to the semi state where they lost to Western Boone uh, after beating Evansville Modern Day. So. Uh, I think they, they'll uh, they'll probably roll here in this sectional. Very good defensive team, uh, like they always are, and uh, they can run the ball and, and got a really good win last week over Cecina. Their only loss this year was by a touchdown to Lutheran. Uh, so that's a that's a program again, just year in and year out. You expect them to be good. All right, and then we're going to sectional forty six, uh, which is a really interesting sectional. This is in Class A. Um, you've got Covenant Christian, who's unbeaten. We've got Lutheran, who is, you know, obviously they went to the state title game last year. They are they are the class of, of Class A right now. Uh, and then Park Tudor and Sheridan are both two teams that are having decent seasons as well. So a really interesting sectional in sectional 46. Yeah, there's a lot of intrigue there. I think uh, you mentioned it there. Uh, Covenant Christian is, is uh, you know, probably the team that, that maybe we didn't know about going in. How... Surpri- yeah, I would say the surprise. The, you know, I think we expected them to be okay. I didn't think we expected them to be 
seven and zero and do what they did. Like you know, Heritage Christian was a real test game for them, and they came through that. And, you know, both have really good quarterbacks. Obviously, Blake White and Lutheran, who's pretty much done everything uh, in his starter for the Saints. But then Austin Frazier for Covenant Christian has had a really great year. They've got a lot of guys who've had really strong seasons um, for them. So the uh, the Warriors, uh, being it, that part tutor Covenant Christian game. You know, I know they play tonight, but they also potentially would play in the semifinals of the sectional. So that could be kind of a nice little preview tonight of what what's to come in, in that uh, matchup. Yeah, that's a you know, there's a lot of good stories there. Uh, you know, Covenant Christian. You mentioned Park Tudor. Uh, that's a program that has you know in recent years had to cancel games because they haven't had enough players. Uh, so now that under uh, you know Spencer Somerville, they've kind of rebuilt that program. Uh, and starting to win some games now, and to get some confidence, so that's that's a cool story. And then you know, always Bud Wright. You know, you never know, uh, you know what Sheridan's gonna. You know, they they're always capable of pulling off a, a win or two. And uh, you know, Bud Wright's won a few games or two over his career. Yeah, just just a few. All right, well that's that's all the sectionals. I'm 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 flat through it. You said you wanted to do this in a half hour. We're closing in on fifty minutes, so. Just, just like when you say your story is going to be about 600 words and it comes in at about 900. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, you know, the, the the if you can't write well, you just write a lot. You know, that that's yeah. that, that that's the old the old adage, I think, right? Well, well that's what I'm here for. You know. <laughs> uh, no, this has been good. I appreciate you doing it, and uh, I was a little bit uh, distracted at times because of this dog who. Uh, I think he, I think he may ate the cover off one of my son's books uh, during this podcast. But uh, you know, that's part of the fun of having a dog. You never know what he's going to do. Yeah, it's always have. It's always nice, you know, having a dog until you remember. You always forget how much work a puppy is. You know, like you know, you always remember like the finished product. But yeah, the puppy stage always seems to like skip your mind, and then you get the dog, and you're like, yeah, puppies are like they're a lot more work. They're like. They're like kids almost. It's awful. Yeah, you can't even like uh, you. You have to, you know. Even if you like go to the bathroom for five seconds, you know, it, it, something could be ruined when you come back out. So it's just. I, we, I mean, we just pick stuff up. Like our our dog just is notorious for getting in a trash can, so we don't have any bathroom trash can that's actually on the floor. They're all like on top of things. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, it's it's a blast. It's a blast. Just like this was a blast, Kyle. You like that segue to get off the phone with you? Great segue. Great segue. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Uh, like I said, we'll be ba- you'll be back with Friday Night Lights tonight, right? Friday Night Live to uh, tonight at seven o'clock to nine thirty every Friday with me and Justin Mack. Friday night. Friday Night Live. It's fun. It's a great show. Uh, I get I try to get on there when I can to uh, check in and see what's happening, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We'll, we'll be back. We'll have lots more coverage in the Star on on uh, Sunday. Uh, you know, the Friday night we'll have a roundup and all kinds of stories, photos. Uh, this is kind of a, a you know week eight. Not a. It's a little bit down of a week, but Center Grove Lawrence North will be interesting, and we'll have coverage elsewhere uh, all over the area. Friday night going into next week and then uh first round of sectional starts the following week so uh stay with us for lots of coverage at indystar.com